Mental health check-in with Lee. Come on and check-in with me. Mental health check-in with Lee. Come on and check-in with me. Mental health check-in with Lee. Come on and check-in with me. Come on and check-in with me. Mental health check-in with Lee. Welcome, welcome, welcome to another episode of Mental Health Check-In with your boy, Leek. Today, I have a special guest. Um, my special guest name is Uzi. How are you doing today? Good. How are you? I'm doing fine. Thank you for saying yes to come on the podcast. I know we're supposed to been do this. You asked me to come on. So I'm so glad that we get to sit down on Zoom in the comfort of our own homes and just talk about the topic that's all around the world, mental health. Right. Yeah, so my first question for you, I ask my guests, every guest that has come on, ask them this question. I don't want to ask you, how is your mental health? Mine, I've been doing better because I've been going through a lot of different things that were from my past. I was trying to work through that at the moment. So that's what I was working through. I just started, we started on medication, which is, I think, a really like, what do you call it? A stigmatized topic of like mental health medication. And I think, there's nothing wrong with that. Like I'm taking two different medications right now. So I'm being better. So. Yes. Thank you for answering that question. That's one of my favorite questions to ask because I feel like in today's world, we need to ask people, how is their mental health instead of asking, how are you doing? When you ask, how's your mental health? It opens the door for a deeper conversation to say, I'm okay, but mentally I'm struggling. So thank you for answering that question. Yeah, I think people don't tend to realize like, instead of saying how are you you should say how are you really doing because that's how I am with my friends I'll like have check-ins with them I'm like how are you really doing so like yeah. I, I want to know like how they really are I don't want to like just know like, how are you I'm like I like to work past that yeah I loved it um my next question for you right one of my my second best follow-up question um and it makes people think you know um the, the question is growing up for you was it okay not to be okay all right, so in my culture, it was not. Um, it was we were oh, always let the people know what culture you talk about. Oh, so I'm a Muslim. I'm from like the culture of Islam. Um, us living overseas, we were always taught, even my parents' generation, that you hold stuff in, you don't talk about it. If you want to cry, you go to like a private place and you cry and you figure yourself out and you come back into the public eye. And I think that's very messed up because it's something I actually went through again recently. So I think in that aspect, it's, I think after when I was 18, when I realized when I had my crisis when I was 18, I feel that at then, like I was like, I've had it. So in my culture, it's not really talked about. So that's why I think I started advocating in the very first place because I was so fed up with the culture of, you don't talk about it, mental health doesn't exist. And I, I didn't really like what that was doing. So I, I had to be the change that I brought into that. Yeah. Um, I wanted you to say what your culture was so everybody that's listening can know because um, you might be the second guest I had on, there, on here that's from the Muslim community. Um, I don't know you watched Big Brother last season, Big Brother. My friend was on it. I have never watched it, actually. Who's your friend? Um, do you know what's her name? Amaria, I forgot her name. Brittany? Yes. Yeah, so her. And then oh, I had another friend. On a season with like Big D and them, right? Yeah. 
I've been trying to get her. I've been trying to get her on the podcast. I got to reach out again. But um, last season, the one that had Teller, um, the first, you know, black um, um, female winner, the guy Joseph, her boyfriend, yeah. ex-boyfriend, was on my podcast. He talks about, you know, in the Muslim community and culture and how it is. And a lot of people on Twitter were just like, you know, it's so dope to see people from their community talking about mental health. Because you just, like you just said, you know, you can't really talk about it. It's very stigmatized. Even medication, like it, like even when it's therapy, like in my culture, it's like deja vu. Like you don't tell anyone, you do it in secrecy. And I think I just like had it at the age of eighteen. I was like, I've had it. I'm fed up. I'm changing this. This is this is BS. Yes. Thank you for that. Um, my well, we had another question, but kind of answered it. But let's talk about um stigma the um stigma around mental health um you know there is a nasty i would say nasty stigma around mental health saying that you know people think like i have heard conversations people think like you know you'll get through this you know there's nothing to it you know especially with women they think that you can handle it you can get over it they expect y'all to be emotional like what do you say to that stigma that's placed on you know women in mental health i feel like it's not talked about enough and it's like they always say like, oh, men have mental health. And I completely agree with that, like a thousand percent. I feel like we all have mental health. It just like depends on when we decide to actually talk about it. Like every single human on this planet has mental health. And some people acknowledge it. Some people don't. Some people are learning. Some people aren't. And I feel like women, yes, we're allowed to cry and we're allowed to talk about it. But like sometimes I feel like people, women, like even in my culture, they like, my mom was the strongest person I knew, like all my aunts and uncles. Like I feel like in my dad's side of the family, it's like mental health is just like the biggest thing in my dad's side. Because a lot of my aunts have mental illness alongside like me and like my cousins on my mom's side. It's still a very new topic because I finally like decided to talk about it with them. So I think they're still getting used to like talking about it. So they support me a thousand percent on my recovery journey and like my progress, and like where I'm at. And I feel like it's starting to get better day by day, as long as I'm like open and I'm able to still advocate like I am. I feel like the stigma in my culture will get better, but it's going to take time. It's going to take a little bit of like education and stuff like that. Yeah, I get that. Thank you. I get that. Um, I say the stigma that we, I feel like we're doing a little better, but we could do way much better, you know. Um, I agree. But, you know, just like people just are dying by suicide. I'm make sure I say the correct term, the correct term is dying by suicide. They feel like they have to suffer alone because they feel like they can't have nobody to talk to. They feel like they talk to someone that their friends are going to laugh at them, judge them, you know, talk about them, and nobody's going to take them take the, take them seriously. It's, that's so many people, guys. If you listen to this podcast, wherever you are, Make sure you try to be that opening ear for that friend that needs to talk or check on that friend, you know, call them. No matter how many times you may call them or text them, just check on people. You just never know what somebody is dealing with. And right before we go to this next question, I want to say anybody that's listening that's struggling with thoughts of suicide, since I mentioned suicide, um, there is a suicide prevention line out there. The number is 988 please dial 988 if you're in trouble or you struggling or you know someone that's struggling they are available 365 days 365 days they are available you could be bored lonely need someone to talk to 
they are there for you. Um, before we get into the next question, I'm going to answer it first. Um, but the question is, have you ever dealt with any thoughts of suicide? So suicide, I have dealt with so many thoughts recently. It probably been suicidal. Not probably. Usually I have been suicidal, made plans, just didn't want to be here. You know, yes, got, ladies and gentlemen, I do this podcast, talk about mental health, and I still struggle. I'm human. You know, I still go through my stuff. I suffer from borderline personality disorder, PTSD, you know, as a child. I was sexually abused by two of my cousins, you know, 2019, lost my mom, the liver cancer, then lost my sister nine months later. My grandma who raised me died in 2007. It's just like a lot of stuff that I've been through. So if you are out there struggling, anybody that's listening, please, please reach out. Um, I used to volunteer for this organization called NAMI. They are available all across the United States. Um, I was a... um, so I was a group support a facilitator. I was a facilitator for support group. So, you know, I did different groups. I did um um LGBT LGBTQ plus groups. Um I was facilitating Black Minds Matter group, peer groups, grief groups, a men's group, you know, a peer group. Like we I did a lot of groups and you know, spoke at some schools. So Listen, if you are struggling, please, please, please reach out. There's free resources. Google is your best friend. I say this on all my podcasts. Google is your best friend for free, free mental health online support groups. And like I said, NAMI is everywhere. I Even though I did NAMI, Bus County, PA, they had, a, I was helping with NAMI Philadelphia. I went to some groups in NAMI New York City. Like I went to a group in NAMI Delaware. So they're available everywhere. Okay, for me, I did struggle with it back in 2021, right? Like, that's what led me to my crisis was having those thoughts. And I think if I wasn't put on medication, I probably would have relapsed. Like, God knows what happened. Um, I recently, not recently, but I was like, right before I was put on medication, I think I was starting to like feel like depression all over again, feeling like I wasn't enough, feel like no one cared. And I didn't want to reach out because I was, I wasn't embarrassed, but I didn't want to ask for it I was like I don't want to talk about it like because the stigma of culture is so strong so I'm like I can do this by myself I can face it alone and I finally I think my parents saw it in me my therapist saw it in me I was like yeah we're gonna put you on medication again until like you're emotionally stable because I just lost my grandfather's brother about six months ago um yeah he was like my grandpa because my grandpa died five years five six seven years ago so he, when my grandpa had died, he stepped in, he was the last brother, he stepped in as my grandfather and took control of the situation, took control of my life. And then he died, actually, it's, I don't say it's a funny story, but it's a very coincidental story of the morning that I had therapy was the morning I actually lost my grandfather. So I woke up and the first thing my dad does is walk into my room is like, your grandpa's dead. And I remember going on Facebook, said he was on a ventilator. So I like questioned my dad. I'm like, dad, but it says he's on a ventilator. And I didn't see that that was posted four hours ago. I didn't like, you know how like there's a date time on everything? Yeah. There was a date on that. I said four hours ago. So I like didn't know that like that, that ventilator post was from four hours ago. And I woke up and I think I was like in disbelief. And then literally that morning I had therapy. So I got onto my computer like I am right now. Got onto Zoom like I am right now um I just like I got on and she asked me how how are you and I remember just like not saying anything and bawling my eyes out and I just like 
I couldn't speak. I couldn't like say anything because I didn't understand like what had just happened or like because like I literally found out like 10 minutes before I had my session. So this is like within a time span of 10 minutes. And I feel like that like working through my grandfather's grandfather's brother's death was one of the hardest things. It's only been six months, but sometimes I feel it feels like it's just yesterday that it happened. So I think sometimes working through that is like having to understand why he was taken from me and like like how he was taken from me and that like even though they're dead, I still ha- I still have them in my heart. I still have them in my mind. Yeah. The things that I do in my life, they're the people who got me to where I am. So sometimes I just need a little reminder of like they're still in my heart and there's nothing that can change the bond I had with them because they're still my grandparents at the end of the day. They still care about me. They would want to see me succeed and become the person they always wanted me to be. But like some nights I'm just like, I wish you were here to like guide me. I'm like, what, am I doing anything wrong? Is there anything I should do? Because my grandma and my great grandpa, the last two grandparents I have left. So they've always guided me and they still guide me to the stage. Like yeah. they are the people that help with my anxiety and my depression like a whole bunch. I wouldn't have, have I wouldn't have had started driving if it wasn't for my grandma. Cause she always says, whenever I'm scared, close my eyes and think of her. Yeah. And that like, she's always with me no matter where I go what I do if I ever need anyone she's right there right beside me in my heart reminding me I can do anything I put my mind to so I think having those grandparent figures and having those grandparents are really like a more into my life yes yes and I want to say again anybody out there struggling when it thoughts to suicide please 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 call the number 988 and I want to ask you a question are you in the United States right yeah I am the U.S. So you know Danai, you know Nami. I saw you smile when I said Nami. So, do do you go to Nami support groups or? I do not. I go to therapy, and then I was um finish our PhD online. Okay, okay, okay. Yeah. Like I said, anybody out there struggling, please dial nine eight. Like I said, Google is your best friend, guys, ladies and gentlemen, guys. Google has free re- or free resources. You can search free online support groups for mental health. There are mostly a lot of free groups out there. Um, There's also some on Discord and um, I put the app's name. There's like a bunch of free apps as well. If you guys, if you look up uh, mental health on the app store, there are a bunch of free apps. Um, I forgot the name of one. It was like Light Glow or Glow Light. Oh, Afterglow. That is a free resource as well. Afterglow. And I, I never mentioned X. I forgot about one. Um, it's an app called Stigma, guys. The Stigma. Stigma app is an app that you can post on. It's a community you can post what you're going through and people send you hope. You know, it's from dark times that you are just struggling. I used the app before. I haven't been on in a while. I need to get back on it. But you can offer help to people just talking to them. Videos. There is another app. Sorry. There's another Wait. app. Um, the White Flag app. It's called White Flag. What's, the, what's that app about? It has tons of people that also have, like, People have anxiety, depression, ADHD, PTSD, bipolar, like you name it. Anyone that has a mental illness, just like you, anyone that's struggling, you can talk to someone that can relate and they can help you with it. I never personally been on the app, but I know my friend that's an advocate on the app and yeah. another athlete that's on the app. So I think that's also another really cool, cool thing to check out. So thank you. Thank you. Um, my next question is since we, Talk, do you talk you touched on something that we both I guess struggle with 
Right, let's talk about grief and how it affected oh, yeah. your mental health. For me, my grief is very like, what do you call it? It took me a while to really realize like what was going on because right when my grandpa died, when I was six years old, I didn't understand the concept because like the concept is usually like, oh, like, yeah, he's dead and he's gone. But at six years old and at seven, eight, nine years old, you still don't understand. So there was me, one, three of my cousins, me and three of my cousins that were alive when my first grandparent passed away. And then my grandpa's younger brother passed away. And then my uncle passed away. And then another uncle passed away. And then it was my grandpa passed away. Then my grandma passed away. Yeah. So it's like, I think for me, I have this, like, for me, the grief is always, like, the way I process it, it's always been the same. It's never, like, changed. So it's, like, my, like, I find out I, like, don't talk about it. And, like, I'll be numb. Like, not numb, but, like, in shock. It's a stage of grief is in shock. So I can be in shock. And then a couple months later, I'll be very depressed, not, like, then I finally, like, when I'm depressed, I realize, like, they're gone, and it's, like, there's nothing I can do to bring them back, there's nothing I can really, like, say, do, like, and, like, to stop, make, like, making myself, like, beat myself up over it, because sometimes I would beat myself up over it that, like, I could have done something, when in reality, I really couldn't, they live on the other side of the world, I live here, there's nothing I can do about it, like, they're on the other side of the world, I can't control what happened. Like yeah. I would like I would like beat myself up because I like I care about everyone. So it's like sometimes when you care so deeply about someone, you do anything to like help them. But in that those certain situations, there's nothing you can really do. Yeah. And grief has no time limit, no expiration nope. date. Nothing. Guys, if you're out there that's going through grief, it comes and goes. Like it definitely comes and goes. Sometimes it comes. It definitely comes and goes for me, like around Christmas, Thanksgiving, or like black parties or cookouts. That you know, I'm used to my mom having at her house or just anything. It's it's sad, you know. Birthdays, you know, death anniversaries. It's it's sad. I get into deep dark depression, and I vow to myself um, this year and forward. I try to make a coping plan, which goes into my next question. What are some good coping skills that you could recommend to someone that's listening? And before you answer, I want to say people that's listening, her Uzi coping skills and my coping skills may not work for you, but there are some coping skills that work for some people. We're just putting coping skills out there. I feel like you're definitely right on the part that like our coping skills might not work for each other. It might not even work out for like the viewers, anyone listening. Everyone has different coping mechanisms. And I feel like, Mine has definitely been going to therapy, being on medication for sure. Like I am way happier now that I've been on medication. I don't know what it is. I'm feeling so much better. I feel like going to therapy is a very good outlet. Even being put on medication, like people are scared of medication. Like it has helped me a ton. Like being back on it. Yeah. Oh my God, that difference I see in myself. Like you don't even realize. Yes. If you saw me two days ago, I was a hot mess. Now <laughs> I'm like, Oh my God, this was like my depression, my anxiety. This wasn't who I was. Like the way I was acting, that was not me. And I'm just like, 
whoa like so like for me it's like therapy medication talking to someone about it friend adult going out not isolating that's really a really bad coping skill is isolating I wouldn't do that uh watch your favorite tv show watch your favorite movie go out and eat something eat your favorite meal go take a shower journal about it that's all very good one journaling about it those are the ones that I personally use I feel like there's also like tons more like going on the apps I don't go on those type of apps but like I'll message your friend be like hey we need to talk I'm not doing so well yeah that's good I can see some coping skills like um therapy like you said therapy um journaling not even just a writing journal you can have a voice journal that's always good to have um Music is good for me. I love listening to certain musics, you know. Um, I, this is not for me, but I know a lot of people like meditation. That's just, <laughs> I tried it. This is not for me. I can't just sit there and just whatever. But um, also another one. Um, every night, actually my friend introduced us to me and my therapist. Every night that you feel like ungrateful, not ungrateful, but like you feel down, go like grab a, a pencil, a paper, and like a hard, like, thing to like put your paper on write yeah. 30 things you gave before every night and you'll see like how much there is to live for yes i don't do that personally but like am i away for people not for me but like you know yes um and last question for you right this, this is like another favorite question because i feel like this could really help somebody that's listening that's struggling and i want to ask you what can you say to the person that's listening right that's struggling with their mental health what can, why, um, what can you tell them that why it is the most important thing that they put their mental health first? You know, a lot of people like us that struggle with mental health, we put others before ourselves. So tell that person, listen, why it's important that they put their mental health first. I think it's important because it could really help us, like, help other people. Like, my friends have to say this a lot to me, and it's still, like, it's a feed into my head that, like, I have to take care of myself first to be able to help anyone else. And if I can't take care of myself, I can't take care of anyone else. And that it's okay to not be okay. It's okay to like reach out for support and help. And that like being on medication is okay. Like it, there might be a stigma. So what? If it helps you, it helps you. Like at the end of the day, if something really helps you, it helps you. And there's like no shame in that. Like I go to work and believe it or not, work has like, I absolutely love when I work. That's like one of the best coping mechanisms I have right now. I know that's probably not a coping mechanism, but like find time to do stuff you love because if you find something genuine that makes you happy, you always have something to fall back on. I like to have a plan with an adult or like a therapist, um, a friend, like make plans with someone or like yeah. have a backup safety plan, I have to call it. Um, go to therapy, do whatever you have to do. At the end of the day, it's like your mental health is your mental health. It's not somebody else's, it's yours. And it's your responsibility whether you want to admit it or not, which I hate doing. But um, I think that's very important because people don't tend to like open up. I work for a team, a hockey team, and I've I've had to feed into head so many times that like you can talk to me about it. I'm always free to talk. So like after before every game, I'll say like good luck. Is there anything you need to talk about at the end of each game? Good try or good job or like stuff like that and then that's it. I'll be like do you need to talk about anything I'm here because the emotions in hockey do tend to run high so those are like the things I tend to do like with people yes and 
it's so important that you said get into therapy, guys. Therapy may not work for you the first time, the second time, or the third time, but keep trying. I promise you there is a therapist out there. I've tried plenty of therapists and failed, and someone's good and failed, someone's good, but keep trying. Therapy is important. Crying also really helps. Crying is also therapeutic. Yes. Did you know? Yes, it's times that I just sit there in the car driving, and I just sit there and hear a song, and I just cry. A song that made me think of my mom or my sister or my grandma, and I just start crying. Or just, um, what's definitely a coping skills too, I heard, which I think is true, watching shows, binge watching shows that you already watch, because you already know the outcome of what's going to happen and everything, so yeah. That's definitely- yeah, I, I do that a lot. I'm actually rewatching a couple shows myself. Even though I've watched it like two times, my friends are like, are you gonna ever watch anything else? I'm like, you're gonna hate me for this, but I'm gonna continue watching. Yes, I love it. I, I will watch a show three or four times, a movie three or four times because I know what's happening, what's going on. And I wanna say, um, the reason that you should put your mental health first, guys, is because nobody's gonna put your mental health first like you're gonna put, your, put yours first. You can't help others while you're feeling empty. Until you help, until you help yourself. Yep, somebody has to fill you up. You can't fill yourself up. You can't fill yourself up. You got to have somebody fill you up. So please, guys, be kind to yourself. Take care of yourself. And people just, that doesn't know, remember, not everybody not everybody knows the struggles of mental health. Not everybody's going to understand it, you know, and that's okay. Not everybody gets it, you know. And people that, that don't get it, be kind to others. You never know what a person what kind of battle a person is fighting yes i understand and, agree yes. you never know never know and in this off i want to actually like tell the viewers about you like what's going on with you oh like, like, let them promote yourself <laughs> okay um i'm currently a junior in college i plan to graduate actually at the beginning of my senior year so I'm not gonna have a senior in college unfortunately but I'm moving down to Florida right after I graduate from college um I'm advocating right now as you, you guys can tell I love advocating for mental health all things mental health um I'm in recovery I'm two and a half years in um I like going out seeing my friends I'm very close to my extended family very very close actually I work for a hockey team I work with kids that need some mental health support I work with them on like their like coping skills and like building them up to like who they need to be so like they go out to the real world and they have some experience like they you know oh I do have a mentor that like once helped me yeah. that's what I've been up to I've also been chilling in my room taking summer classes and I've been traveling which has been a lot of fun and that's what I've been up to yes thank you I just want to let you know thank you thank you for coming on you have like you know, I got to talking to you on Instagram, Instagram and everything, but actually meeting you and seeing you, you have a great spirit about you. Um, you. Whatever you are doing, keep it up. I know we still struggle. You know, we can be in these. Yeah, good- we're human. Like, we can take that away from us. We're human. Yes. And I just appreciate you for, you know, keeping me on my tools about this interview. You know, I just feel like I've been drifting away. I've been doing some episodes, but drifting away, but I just need to get back on there. Yeah, your spirit is amazing. I know somebody ever told you their spirit is dope. Yeah, like, people tell me all the time. Good like, energy, good vibes. It's just like so dope. But I just- There's think, no point like to be down for like no reason or like be negative because like- Yeah. That's like, I like, I've seen so much negativity for the team I work for. So it's like seeing the negativity, just like, I'm just like, I, like, I get so like, over it I'm just like 
right, come on, let's be positive. We may have blessed, but let's be a positive influence. And it's like, I pride myself on doing that because people get sick of me. I've had DMs of like people being like, oh my God, when will you ever stop talking about mental health? Me? Never in a million years will I stop. Yeah. But I want to say thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. This is so dope. This made, this interview made my day. Thank you so much. Thank you.